Welcome to What Now? I'm Michelle Reeves, your host of this weekly podcast that connects you to the world's most innovative brands, CEOs, and founders. I've spent the past 20 years working with global brands in sports, fashion, entertainment, and tech. From the Olympic Games to New York Fashion Week, I'm the person who wants to see how things are made and find out if there's a better way to make them. When it comes to commerce and products, innovation is always in style. And let's face it, innovators never sleep. But when it comes to fashion, how are modern brands innovating today? And when it comes to sleep and wellness, how are modern executives balancing the demands? Today, we are talking to one of my favorite fashion visionaries, someone who is taking style into new dimensions. I'm talking beyond the fashion runway, beyond influencer marketing. I'm talking wellness, mental health, metaverse, and gaming. Today, we're diving into the world of Aloe. I'm joined by Angelique Vendette, Chief Marketing Officer of Aloe. Welcome to the show, Angelique. It's so wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm so excited to be on. Fantastic. Well, I mean, you definitely need an introduction here because the work you do is extraordinary. You were recently named Forbes Most Entrepreneurial CMO and a CMO to watch by Business Insider. You have been creating award-winning campaigns for brands, retailers, agencies around the world for 15 years. And prior to coming to Allo, you were at LVMH, Sephora, Holt Renfrew, Stitch Fix, and many others. I've seen you live and in person (laughs) at events and on stage. And one of the things that I admire most about you is that you are constantly curious and such an entrepreneur at heart. If anyone here as a listener has the chance to see Angelique in person on a panel or at a keynote, please do not miss the opportunity. It's really incredible to hear about the future vision that Angelique has and is building at Allo. Um, And for those who don't know, Allo is a must-have fashion lifestyle, yoga brand extraordinaire. It's, It's worn by the fashion elite, the social media cool girls, supermodels like Kendall Jenner, Bella Hadid, Emrata, no big deal. Obviously, they're all friends of mine. I borrow their stuff all the time. Uh, so, Angelique, how would you describe Aloe? Yeah, Aloe is a wellness company, right? It transcends the category of what you would typically think is athleisure or active wear. And it really, really is all about bringing mindfulness and mindful movement um, to our community, to the world. And really, really enjoy being part of a company that is both, you know, we call it studio to street, where it's fashionable at the utmost, you know, echelon of, of being fashionable when it comes to this category, but then also really functional. And I've started to coin this term and I think this is the first time talking about it out loud and not just having it like written down in decks, but I love the concept of luxe leisure and what that means. And it's luxe in its way that it makes you feel, but luxe in, in this way that is not just about the physical product, but really elevates kind of your mind state and makes you feel good because you're focusing in on your mindfulness, your mental health, your breath work, and all of these things. And at the end of the day, that's the biggest luxury. So yes, all in all, Aloe is a wonderful wellness brand based here in California and certainly in the business of bringing more wellness to the world. 
Okay, I love the new term, luxe leisure. <laughs> Let's bring that out and get you the, the, the first hashtag. And I really can attest to this firsthand because I was so grateful. Uh, you invited me to come into one of your wellness studios and I had a workout uh, with one of the Aloe personal trainers. I was given this incredible outfit to wear. And I think when you talk about how you feel and how you look, it is really important. It was a style that I would never have picked myself. I, I put this on and I just decided to go with it. And I've got to tell you, it's one of the best workouts I've ever had. It's, it's actually what inspired me to start sharing my workouts on social media because it transformed this or it unlocked this idea that I didn't have to be a certain kind of person to go to the gym and work out and look a certain way. I could just wear interesting, fun fashion that was also performance, comfortable yoga wear. And I, I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that tidbit that this is what's, you know, prompted you to, to showcase your workouts. I have been following along on social and for those listening, I mean, Michelle, you and I are, are dear friends and seeing that and seeing that kind of uptick in content on your on your feeds i had no no idea it was correlated to the workout you did at aloe but it just goes to show the power and impact of when you look good you feel good and vice versa when you feel good you look good and there isn't a mold you don't have to be a fitness influencer you don't have to be you know, a sports athlete model or whatever these things are. Although you certainly are all of those things. <laughs> um, but you don't, you know, there's no box and your wellness journey could look like whatever that may be. It might be lying down and putting your hand to your heart center and on your abdomen and doing some breath work. And that's someone's workout. And that might bring them into the world and make decisions or show up with confidence in the same way that that you are and sharing your workouts. So anyways, thank you for sharing that story. That's literally what brings me joy in what I do on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, total game changer. And if I give any fashion advice, I'm going to give this, get the socks. I live in those aloe socks. I wear them I wear them with black tie dress now, like I with high heels, with sneakers <laughs> at the gym, the aloe high crew socks. They are a fashion and fitness must-have. All right. All right. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so last time, oh, well, more recently I saw you, um, we were at the 1111 media launch for Paris Hilton's media company, and you were on stage speaking about the future of fashion. What is most exciting to you about the future of fashion? What is most exciting to me, um, and I don't remember if I broached on this subject, but perhaps I have because I truly, truly believe in this, is this aspect of democratization, right? And this aspect that you don't have to have gone at the most prestigious fashion design schools. You don't have to be part of this certain society that has access to buying haute couture, or you don't have to be in any mold. Really, everyone now can be part of fashion. And whether that's creating and designing, right? When we see folks creating on mid-journey on day in and day out, and you see these wonderful, you know, initiatives like the collective that Psyche has, that's really fully based on AI generated or digitally designed clothing. Um, that's opening the doors. Same thing. You want to showcase the clothing, you can be a model. Um, whether that's via your digital avatar, whether that's a digital avatar of yourself, or whether you're this wonderful rhinoceros 
with rhinestone horn that's wearing a cool dress like that's your avatar and you could be a model you're also able to be in set design right when you think of UGC created spaces um even platforms like a Roblox for example right most of the experiences on your UGC and you might be a 17 year old who is just really excited about creating the store of the future or the runway of the future or whatever that may be and so the barriers to entry in fashion which have historically been quite hard to kind of break down there have been hurdles right even when you look at only 15 years ago now folks that would come to runway shows those first two rows would be filled up with editors and like big name celebrities and when you fast forward to today right things like live stream whether that was instagram or twitch or whatnot that has changed that well same thing in web3 it's just going to continue to further democratize uh, the fashion industry overall and that brings me a lot of joy and a lot of excitement because it's it's opening the gates to anyone really to follow their passions and to lean in to the art and the creativity that is fashion at the end of the day and that's really beautiful it feels very poetic and almost coming back to the source of what fashion is in expressing who we are and an expression of ourselves What's really cool about what you just described in the future of fashion is that it didn't have anything to do with transactions. And I think back to 2005, 2010, even 2015, the brands that I would work with and we would talk about what does innovation look like and what are the goals for growth were always about limited edition drops or creating hype energy excitement for people to keep buying, buy more, buy more. And what you've described is it's about how do we bring them in more? How can they participate? How can they truly be sitting next to us, not across the table from us? And this co-creation, co-ownership feels more like a, a, like a, a friendship with brands now. And that's a new kind of relationship. You know, before we used to just be spoon fed little pieces of what the brand wanted us <laughs> to have, but they kind of kept the whole cake for themselves. I feel like yeah. brands like Aloe and the way you're describing it, you're asking everyone, do you even want to make a cake? And if so, what should it be? That's right. That's right. It's all about coming together, I think. And both fashion and innovation really are able to, to do that because there's such open doors to culture and such open doors to moving industries forward. Um, so yeah, a lot of excitement. What do you think is setting Allo apart from its competitors? You know, you, you've been successful, you know, before Web3, now getting into Web3 even more so. Is there a common thread there or is it actually a few different things that have been driving this success to, to really set you apart? I think it's three things. I think at its core, it's community, right? And even before Web3 and even before this philosophy of co-creation, Community has always been a pillar of what we do at Allo. When you think of when we started out, you know, we were working and outreaching with our local yogis and yoga studios and introducing the brands to them. And they loved it so much that they would then bring this out to their classes, right? And to their students in their studios and really working with them and, and nurturing and understanding the product, building something that is highly, highly functional but that just also happened to look good, right, um, with their input. And you might be surprised to hear this, um, Michelle, but I'm on a telegram with about 6,000 yogis across the world. And I often check it and I often chime in and I often celebrate their successes. And that has nothing to do with the brand, but it really is 
at the core of who we are as community. So that's the first piece. The second piece is innovation. When we think of the Allo community and consumer and audience, they're early adopters and they're early adopters in a few different realms. They're early adopters when it comes to wellness, wellness trends. They want to better themselves with different things, whether that is breath work, meditation, mindfulness, Pilates, yoga, cardio, jump rope, whatever that may be. So they're, they're on the early side of adoption for those trends. Same thing when it comes to wellness, it might be supplements, it might be trying to biohack. So again, early adopters in that realm, um, early adopters of fashion trends, really excited about what's on the runway and how that could be applied to you know what they're, they're wearing day to night. Even from the gym to dinner to the gala, they want it to be at the forefront of fashion. And then lastly, you know, early adopters when it comes to innovation. And that's exciting because that has permitted myself and my team to really lean into new technologies like the blockchain, um, whether we're talking about, you know, in the ledger web three sense of things, whether that's, you know, looking at NFTs, whether that's digital certificates of authenticity, whether that's you know, bringing utility or even in the metaverse or even in whatever. Um, same thing with AI, same thing with the way that they want to engage with us. So it really is about early adoption and nurturing that spirit within our community. And then the last pillar um, is really at its core is just really about bringing wellness. And when you have your audience's kind of best interest in mind, right? And when it's about them, and not only about that transactional, let me sell you a pair of leggings. I think that comes across. And so having wellness at the core of what we do, you might only come to Allo because it's your local cafe and you want an adaptogen coffee. Or it might be your local spot where you come and take free yoga classes and that's your studio. And so the relationship has nothing to do with a transaction or a sale of leggings. Some folks might not even know that we have stores or a digital e-com site where you buy athleisure, they might just think of us again in that cafe or studio realm, but they might also think of us because we have an app and they, they do boxing and they want to do boxing at home. And we have that on Allo Moves. So it's really kind of coming into all facets or again, and I can keep going, but they might come to us because they want to learn all about Gua Sha and all about, you know, the benefits of Gua Sha and the lymphatic system and lymphatic drainage and what that looks like for themselves. And again, there's no transaction here, but it's all about bettering themselves in this larger encapsulating pillar of wellness. And so those three things, community, innovation, and wellness, I think are what set us apart from just any old athleisure or activewear brand. I always like to think about brands in two ways. What is the business you're in versus what you sell? And they're two different things. And you just yeah. described that perfectly. You know, you're in the wellness business. You sell products that support that, like leggings and sports bras and vitamins and things like that. But the business itself at its core is all about finding wellness and also being, it sounds like, very adaptable. Um, so it's not prescribing one kind of wellness therapy <laughs> or execution. It, it, it could be you're really meeting people where they are at. That's right. It, there's just so many facets and I can keep going, whether, whether that's like wellness or supplements, like all the spaces we play in equipment for your home, uh, for your home workouts and whatnot. Like there's, it doesn't have to be just one thing. And that's, that's true, right? My wellness journey and your wellness journey, there's probably a lot of overlap because you and I share passions. There's also different things. You know, we were talking about 
like what I love doing in my spare time. And, and I love taking long walks on the beach with my dog and with my husband and with my loved ones and with friends. And that's wellness to me and, and so on. And so we all have different journeys with wellness and being able to celebrate that is just beautiful when you think of a, of a being at a company and brand that transcends um, a category. It does. Okay. So there's two things I want to circle on. First and foremost is you mentioned the long walks on the beach. And for anyone listening, you absolutely should be following Angelique on her personal Instagram as well, because I find it to be such a respite in my day-to-day chaos of work and family. I feel like in any given 24-hour cycle, there is at least a post of that beautiful beach walk. And it does bring me a sense of like dreamy serenity. Go follow Angelique on that. And now, of course, Angelique, you have to keep sharing those long walks with us. Thank you for I your know, community service. So much joy. <laughs> <laughs> if it's good for my soul, I will keep doing it. <laughs> Thank you. And two, to go back a little further, you started talking about NFTs. And for many people, you know, we're talking about wellness, we're talking about athleisure wear, we're talking about yoga studios. What on earth would NFTs have to do with any of this? Please share. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, I mean, they have everything to do with it and nothing at the same time. Everything in the sense that NFTs give us this ability to do a few things um, that lean more heavily into wellness. At least at Allo, we're able to give you that peace of mind with this digital certificate of authenticity for a piece of clothing, especially our the NFTs that we launched the first time around, and then we launched one just a few days ago as well. Um, But the first batch was at New York Fashion Week, and this was a luxury collection. And we knew that, you know, some of these prices are 10x. You know, you might have a traditional pair of leggings at $150 in the typical collection at Aloe, but then might have gotten a pair for $1,500 because they were fully made out of cashmere and, you know, handmade and all these things. And so giving that peace of mind to someone that as they're buying an item from the collection, there's a digital certificate of authenticity that allows that if they're going to resell or if they're buying it secondhand on the resale market, there's this circularity aspect, right? Which is wellness for the environment, right? When you think of like ESG and the long-term sustainability side of things that the blockchain gives us access to and that NF- this NFT gives us access to. Similarly, our NFTs unlock wonderful utility that is closely tied to wellness. And by buying a piece of a collection and getting this, this NFT, you get access to our Aldo wellness clubs and you can come do cryotherapy or infrared saunas, or take a a session with a personal trainer at any of our Aloe Wellness Club studios, or do, you know, lymphatic massage or facial or green smoothies or all the things. And that's wonderful to have an IRL experience tied to an NFT that otherwise would not have been available or accessible. And so those are those are two concrete examples, but there's so much more. And Mental Health Awareness Month, we launched uh, this wonderful Tap for Mindfulness campaign and activation along with um, with MoonPay, where basically via an NFC chip, you're able to tap and get a daily affirmation. And so you might walk into any of our stores or wellness studios, and you know tap, and it'll be like, "You are great. You are grand. You can." live your dreams. And it just gives you this wonderful sense of like, okay, 
I can do it all, a daily affirmation. And that's another way in which these NFTs, um, you get them on the spot and there isn't, there's no transaction, there's no, you know, you're not paying for them, but you get the sense of kind of positivity that you take on with your day and you add to your wallet and you can unlock that at any point in time and get a different affirmation. And it's just this wonderful mechanism, again, via NFC chips um, that unlock this wonderful NFT that continues to give joy. What I'm thinking about with these, so I've been seeing the daily affirmations and people are loving it where I'm, I'm thinking about the future forward too is you bring AI into something like that with an NFT or an NFC and it can of course see my behavior and if, if I have a day where I'm in email constantly or on Zoom meetings, I would imagine that NFC could then interact with the AI and maybe tailor make some affirmations that you know remind me to take a walk. Hey Michelle, you've been on six and a half hours of Zoom in a row, maybe put the phone down, get a glass of water and step outside. You know, to have your brand be powering an AI that reminds me to take care of myself, that tells me a brand loves me and I'm gonna love that brand back hard. <laughs> if you take care of me, I will take care of you. That's so true. You're saying that and you know, I'm wearing my aura ring and you know, aura loves telling me it's time to stretch your legs. <laughs> and it's it's in that same vein. And obviously this is a physical uh, manifestation of what you're saying, but in the AI realm of things and how we'll be able to connect many aspects of our lives to then create something automated and personalized for us in a way that brings us joy. I think there's so much possibilities in that realm. And that's wonderful to see. You know, we, we always hear about the, the dark sides of AI, um, but let's talk about the positives and let's talk about the opportunities for bettering ourselves and bettering humanity with all of this positivity. I love that. I do too. And I'm really excited for the future of where you are taking, you know, you're, you're putting these, we call them Genesis blocks. Um, so they're important early stage blocks in the blockchain of any company who's starting to work in Web3 from which you build on. And by putting the right blocks in place as your Genesis, it just makes it faster and easier for you to keep growing and, and you know, kind of iterating from there where you can take this. And I think you've done an, a remarkable job with the physical product in the clothing to now the connection through community with things like the affirmations and NFCs. I can't wait to see where it continues to keep going. We talked a little bit earlier about co-creation too, and, you know, being able to be a part of the brand in the future. Uh, you've obviously, you know, been working on great plans for Allo as a brand in that co-creation do you think that is something that every brand should be doing? Is it right for all fashion brands? Yeah, I don't think it's right for all fashion brands. And the reason is, is that you have to know your audience. You have to know your consumer. And here you're like, okay, the, the marketing person is speaking, although I'm very you know passionate about innovation as well. But this is my marketer hat. And if it's not right for your audience, if it's not right for your brand, then don't lean into it. Do not lean into hype cycles because another brand is doing it. You're like, okay, let's get on this train. That is never the right thing to do. And obviously the biggest example, you know, that we've all been talking about for months and months at this point, right? With Meta Birkins and, and Hermes, you have to think like, was that co-creation? A, it was not, there was no conversation about it when it came to B, um, but were the outcomes um, kind of disheartening for the industry? I think so too only coming from someone who has the utmost respects 
for fashion maisons and for brands, obviously being on the brand side and having been at luxury retailers and luxury brands um, in the past as well. But then also thinking through how do we bring in the community to be as excited? And I think there's different ways to do that. And it doesn't have to fit in a mold and it doesn't have to be a co-creation of digital collections or of digital spaces or digital collectibles. It can be a co-creation of the journey and a co-creation on the ownership and the relationship that the brand or the maison wants to have with its audience. And so in that sense, in that realm of things, I do think there's room for it. Um, but is there a one size fit all? And do I think it's right for brands to co-create across the board? No, there's no blanket answer. It has to be tailored to you and to your, your consumer. I'm excited for people to hear that because you're right. I think a lot of people, they see one company do one thing and think that's exactly what I need to do. And that the copy and paste model is, is not going to be right for everybody. Yeah. What would you say are the KPIs that you care most about in your business? You know, you're, you've already established Aloe is no ordinary clothing brand, just pumping out spreadsheets and data to, to inform the decisions that you're making, but you're still a business. So what are those KPIs that you are most focused on in the next, call it 12 months? Um, this one's actually really, really easy for me to answer. My one and only KPI with every single thing I do, campaigns, innovation, partnerships, um, you name it, is all about building brand. And what I mean by that is creating something or being a part of something or partnering on something that ensures that if you are new and coming into Allo, you know who we are, what we stand for, and you get that right away. And so that is all about creating brand, creating a household name, and getting to a place where the values are so strong and what we stand for in the world is so strong that everything we put out is a reflection of that. And from that will come sales, from that will come traffic, will come sessions, will come impressions, will come earned media value, will come press, will come all these things, um, which are of course more granular KPIs. But at the end of the day, is it on brand? And am I telling the right brand story and does it fit? And if it doesn't, even though it might bring in millions and millions of dollars, we say no and we turn away from that. So what now? What is next for Allo? What should people be looking out for? What are you most excited about? I am really excited about a few things. I'm excited about new categories and category explorations, how we continue to deepen our ties within wellness. Um, so look out for new categories in which we play. Similarly, I'm really excited about how the applications of new technologies, right, including AI, change the way we do business. Not just the way that we do campaigns or marketing or none of that. I think those are the easy use cases that we've seen kind of be successful and, and also even go viral. You know, when you think of like the Jacquemus handbags rolling down Paris, but really how they change business processes for the better and how they bring in kind of superpowers to our teams to do more in like a, in a positive way in the world. And, you know, there's like a good example that I can share. We have our charitable arm called Allo Gives. Uh, for those in the U.S., it's a 501c. It's, it's really all philanthropic. And there we create, we partner with you know, organizations like Scholastic or like Khan Academy 
And we create um, content and wellness content, whether that's yoga or really kind of fun three-minute or five-minute meditations for children. And although we don't sell to children, we don't have apparel for children, equipment for children, like we do not market or sell or create anything for children. But we create this content because it's needed. It's needed in schools. Parents have been asking us for that type of content. And anyways, long-winded example to say if we leverage AI and can create more of that content that brings someone that sense of peace or gives someone the tool sets, even at a very young age in this example, on how to deal with a stressful situation, whether in the classroom or whether before a big class presentation or dealing with with bullying or whatever it may be. And AI can amplify that to do more for good, then that's that's what I'm excited about as well. And lastly, I would say I'm just really excited about continuing to try to push the boundaries within what it means to have this athleisure world meet fashion world and and what that looks like, whether that's experiential um, activations and in real life activations and how we show up in a new and surprising way. So my last question is, what advice do you have for founders? Getting started, what one or two things should they know? Yeah, I am a big proponent of failing hard and failing fast and celebrating those failures. No innovation happens without testing and learning. And no innovation happens by staying the course for the path that's been trailed before you. And so taking these risks and and being okay with some failures are going to lead to bigger successes and are going to lead with out-of-the-box thinking or innovative thinking that just pushes it forward. Um, so I think that's the big piece. And then the second one is with all the hecticness and craziness of it all, of course, don't forget to lean into your mindfulness. Um, don't forget to take time for yourself. But really on top of that, don't forget to be kind, kind and empathetic with others and ultimately with you as a founder, because it's it's a tough journey. Oftentimes it's an isolating journey, but if you give kindness to yourself, to others, to partners, to folks you interact with as you're going through this time, you're going to come out the other end with a lot more support and a lot more confidence and pride and joy in the way that you went about business. That's a really vital tip because as a founder and CEO myself, I will say that that idea of the journey and its loneliness is a reality in terms of, you know, how it comes in, in waves. And if I could you know, add on to that, I think the biggest piece of advice that I was given that I love to share is that when you do feel that sense of loneliness, or you do feel like maybe things haven't gone the way that you wanted them to, or it, you know, you're, you're kind of like really pushing that heavy rock up the hill, go and send a bunch of messages to every other founder and CEO that you know, and tell them how great they're doing. Nothing wow. overcomes your loneliness than being the supporter, the cheerleader for someone else. And then by filling their buckets, you actually start to overflow your own. So that, that idea of kindness and outreach, I just, I think we cannot say it loudly enough or share it too infrequently, just get it out there. That's right. You can never have too much kindness or too much positivity in the world. And so let those buckets overflow for everyone because it just makes us all better um, as a collective. It does. And that's why I love your affirmations. I feel like that's Aloe's version of doing that. All right. So 
I love connecting people. One of the things that I love to do every episode is bring in another guest, someone from the community of listeners. Maybe it's someone that I've met through other events, through work, through Web3. And I love that I get to open the floor and have them ask you their own question. So Angelique, are you game for this? I am 100% game. I can't wait. (laughs) Fantastic. I'm going to tell you, Allo was truly one of the most popular episodes that people were wanting to submit and ask a question for. Uh, We had, of course, people from all over the US, but particularly from the UK as well. So uh, maybe keep an eye on what's happening in the UK. They are loving all things Allo, it seems. I am really thrilled to connect you and introduce Elena Donskaya. Elena is a conscious entrepreneur, speaker, writer, and transformation coach. Uh, so she's, she specializes in bridging spirituality and personal development. One of the things that really stood out to me when I was going through all the submissions um, was her connection to both the commerce and spiritual world. I've had the pleasure of meeting Elena in person at a number of events through NFTs. She is an online coach and she facilitates all these incredible wellness retreats. She launched her first wellness retreat in Mexico after a 20 year career on Wall Street. It sold out in 24 hours. It was November 2019. She was so excited. She quit her job on Wall Street, got ready for this whole new quantum leap in her career into wellness. And then we all know what happened a few months later. (laughs) Welcome to COVID. But not to be deterred because Elena is a force. She continued to build this empire. And her mantra to this day is that it is never too late to take a quantum leap and live the life of your dreams. So Elena, welcome and please meet Angelique. Oh my God, thank you so much for this introduction. I'm so excited to be in this space with both of you. And yeah, the question that I have for Angelique is, how will Allo evolve and promote wellness in Web3? Yeah, I mean, there is so much to be said about bringing wellness into Web3. People often tell me like, hey, Angelique, isn't there a bit of a dichotomy when you think of wellness, when you think of being present, when you think of mindfulness, philosophies that are tied to yoga or meditation or breath work or Reiki or whatever that may be? And isn't there kind of like a juxtaposition with being present, but then also, you know, having folks be in Web3, whether that's in the metaverse or whether that's a digital avatar of themselves or whether that's leveraging a technology and they have to access that through a smartphone or their laptop, whatever that may be. And my answer every time is that, you know, if we could bring more wellness into this world, no matter where that is, and reach our consumers where they are, where they want to take that breath, where they want to take a moment for themselves, then it doesn't matter whether it's IRL or URL. And the way that we're going to bring more wellness and more mindfulness via Web3 is truly in a few ways, I think three ways. One in co-creation with our community, right? And bringing in, in the same way that we did in Web2 on social with yoga teachers and um, mindful masters and and folks that are highly intuitive like yourself or folks that are, uh, whether they're personal trainers, whatnot, whatever that wellness journey is that we brought via Web2, like on social and how we grew the brand, there's the same way we can do that in Web3, whether you're on Discord chats, whether you're 
you know, bringing the community together to do a meditation or breath work. There's also ways in which the blockchain will help enable. So that was number one. That's like community. Number two is really leveraging the technology and, and different ways in which blockchain will just bring more authenticity and more transparency to the relationships we have. I think we undermine or we don't give enough credit to what authenticity and transparency can do for mental health, right? And so even when you think through in a Web2 manner of how you know brands have historically interacted with their audiences and their community, it's been very transactional. And I think Web3 technology really enables more transparency, more one-to-one relationships that are really organic and that are opt-in. And that ultimately, I think, can lead to the consumer and the audience knowing that peace of mind and knowing that, okay, if I'm exchanging my data, it's for X, Y, Z, but not this black hole of, oh my God, I didn't know there were no permissions. So that's the second one. And the third one, I think really leads itself into more this aspect of like utility. You know, if I'm a part and I'm a member of this, what can that unlock and how can Allo really lean in to unlocking some of that wellness and mindfulness? It might be free Allo Moves classes. It might also be like being access to our wellness clubs. Like Michelle, you've joined us at one of our wellness clubs. And that unlock is just really special. And so there's so many things. And those are just three kind of pillars in which I think Web3 will unlock additional mindfulness and wellness for our audiences. But there's so much within those pillars that I think will will just be really beneficial for, for all of us um, at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I agree with all of this. I was taking notes on all of this because I'm right there <laughs> with you on this mission to promote wellness, whether it's Web 2, Web 3. So I'm excited right. to see how your brand will evolve there. Thank yeah, you. thank you so much. And so what a great question. Michelle, I don't know if this is spicy or controversial, but can I ask you back? Like, what are what are some ways in which you're seeing Web3 really unlock wellness? And what are you most excited about? I think that um, one of the things that I love is the conversation right now. We're in Mental Health Awareness Month and our dear friend Shira Lazar is really leading the charge right now with the JOMO effect, the joy yeah. of missing out. And we almost had to swing the pendulum so intensely in Web3 that if you remember this time last year, the, the effects of burnout were so severe. People weren't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. We were onboarding and educating people 24-7. You had to be vigilant in your learning, in your launching as a brand, as a consumer, as an investor. It just was so full on that it almost had to reach breaking point for everyone to say, wait, let's rebuild this foundation because it is far too shaky. And what should this look like? And I think one of the biggest parts of wellness in Web3 is how Web3 companies are building themselves internally as a culture and with senior leaders. Senior leaders are decentralized from their teams. We're all remote, but I think even more so than just from the pandemic, um, we're also really streamlining what the workload should look like differently. We're using AI to streamline a lot of the tasks that were so burdensome for people. So I think that the the technology is a tool that when used the right way is going to empower the practices of future companies to enable wellness to be a part of their balance in the work life, as well as the products and services they're building. But I love that from the inside, it can already start to take effect. 
I agree. So like a cultural shift and cultural change. I, that's so spot on. And again, I know I'm not the host, but <laughs> Alina, how about you? <laughs> yeah, so I'm just thinking about how I'm going to put my brand into Web3. I definitely want to be part of the solution because to your point, like when everybody's going to be now more online, how can we introduce wellness into that space? So I was even thinking because I do a lot of like visualization meditations for people. When I coach people, I do it on retreats. I record them as well. Can I just use this technology to create for people to actually visualize and look at like like computer game in a way of how they can visualize the future, the future where they feel amazing, where they, uh, you know, manifest their dreams. They meet the partner of the dreams. They have the hat, like whatever it is on a 3D physical level, but also how they're going to feel inside when they're going to manifest all of that. And to your point, I want to build a community, whether it's in Discord or Twitter or somewhere there as well, because I'm mostly present on Instagram and Facebook right now, and just build community, start you know, showing up to events like that and just sharing my message. And I'm all about promoting wellness for women, have women live balance and harmony between their families and careers and also how they feel inside because at the end of the day it's all about we can do anything when we feel good about ourselves when we know that we're enough when we know that we're adequate that we know that we can do it all and we feel healed we feel blessed we feel aligned and we can change this world and i think women are changing this world right now so we need more and more women in web3 so i agree (laughs) i feel like you just unlock some some thinking here too in terms of providing space for women to succeed is also a part of wellness. How much stress there have has been for women who have been held back in careers or in other you know, circumstances. And I think whether it's through metaverses, digital identities, women or everyone really is given this opportunity to put on different hats, different skins, different looks, personalities, whatever it is, and show up in a way that feels comfortable to them in that moment. Whether you're sick, you have some kind of other social anxiety, whether you have a two-week-old baby and you just can't leave the house, uh, you know, it, it really provides a whole new channel. You know, I don't think digital lives replace real lives. It, it's an addition to it. It adds new dimension. That's a good analogy. I love it. <laughs> Elena, thank you. I will, I'm going to email connect you both so that you've both got at least a new friend in Web3 and now in Web3 Wellness. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much again for having me. Yes, so nice to meet you, Angela. That was so fun. And also, I've never experienced that on a podcast and having a guest <laughs> come on is so lovely. <laughs> it just feels good. Like, you know what, listeners should be a part of it. They have their own questions too, so... Thank you, Angelique. It has been so great to have you and you've been sharing so much today. Um, Where can our listeners follow you and Aloe? Yeah, of course. Our listeners can follow us in um, first and foremost at the brand at Aloe Yoga, whether that's Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or YouTube, that's an easy way to find us. And then personally, I connect and respond to all of my DMs on LinkedIn. And it's just my name, Angelique Vendette. And same thing, um, if you're in the Web3 space and, and not so much into LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter at Angelique Vendette. Or if you want some beach walk <laughs> content, you can find me on Instagram, again, just at Angelique Vendette. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you to our listeners. Time is your most valuable asset, and I appreciate you sharing your time with us today. 
If you'd like to join me on a future episode, go online to michellejreeves.com and submit your question for an upcoming podcast guest. One person will be chosen to join me and you'll be able to ask your question directly, just like Elena did with Angelique today. So you can follow me at Michelle J. Reeves on Instagram and Twitter. Have the best week. Take a beach walk. Take a breath. Get yourself to a yoga studio, whatever it is. Go find your wellness. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.